Are you tired of putting yourself last? Of taking care of everybody else's needs and powering through to meet the next set of impossible standards? In our fast-paced society, we lose touch with our intrinsic worth, with the ability to value ourselves for who we are right now. Instead of living life exhausted, frustrated, and disconnected from your authentic self, maybe it's time to put yourself back in the life you've worked so hard to create. Join radio host and life choreographer Laura Cheadle and learn how to build your dreams and live your sparkle using the five steps of flaunt. Find your fetish, laugh out loud, accept unconditionally, navigate the negative, and trust in your truth. Hello, welcome to Flaunt, Build Your Dreams and Live Your Sparkle. I'm Laura Cheadle, and before I move on into introducing today's guest, who you're going to love, by the way, I want to tell you a little bit about what I have got going on. I've got a fitness scavenger hunt challenge going on right now that is so much fun. All it is, is it is a list of items like a scavenger hunt. And what you need to do is go take pictures of yourself, selfies, or have somebody else take a picture of you doing these things on the scavenger hunt. Then when you post those pictures on my Flaunt Flock Facebook group page, you will win. Now, yes, you go need to do you need to go do all of these fun fitness things because it's fun and it gives you the opportunity to play and to get in shape this summer. But you will also get bonus points if you tag people. So like if you've got a group of friends and you're all complaining that you want to get in better shape, tag each other, set up your group, then you can challenge each other to go find these things and post your pictures. So points for pictures, bonus points for tagging people and including them in your team flaunt. So Facebook, flaunt, F-L-A-U-N-T, flock, F-L-O-C-K. Yeah, there's a picture of a flamingo there. You can get the little list of the scavenger hunt items, or you can email me, Laura, L-O-R-A, at Laura, L-O-R-A, Cheadle, C-H-E-A-D-L-E.com, Laura, at LauraCheadle.com, and I can email you the list of scavenger hunt items. Okay, so with that, on to introducing today's guest. We have got Miss Vidya Raghu from India. And oh my goodness, am I excited to share her story and her knowledge and her wisdom with you. She is the author of an upcoming book, Shed Fears, Not Tears. I tell you, we all need that, don't we? She's one of India's leading learning and development specialists. She is an international trainer and a keynote speaker, an award-winning entrepreneur in international forums and a certified mentor. She is an expert panelist. She's been on so many different TV shows and radio and featured in a huge variety of print media. She's a behavioral scientist and psychologist with a technology edge, and she's got over 15 years of experience in human potential development, and I can't wait to get into that and learn more. 
She is also a corporate facilitator and an NLP practitioner, and NLP is Neuro Linguistic Programming, and, and we'll get more into that in the show, but it's enormously power, powerful. She is an alternate healing practitioner. Um, she's the advisor to many leading universities. She is just phenomenal. So I am going to quit talking about how amazing she is, and I'm going to bring her on this show so she can share her wisdom and her knowledge and her work with you. So welcome to the show, Vidya. Hi, Laura. Thank you so much for having me there, and uh, hi to all the listeners. Oh, wonderful. I don't even know where to start because there are so many exciting things that you're doing. Um, yeah. But I, for one, would love to hear more about your book. <laughs> okay. So the book is, you know, it's like it's just something which has been amazing as in every time that I'm working on it, I'm experiencing so much myself. And it's a product of so much that I've done work with women. Um, you know, though women and men, we do things, you know, the same things can be done by both of us. Today, we have enough research to show that we can solve the same problems, but still women take a different route. You know, we are wired differently. And at the crux of it is a major part of it looking at saying somewhere we have a big relationship with a dimension called fear. Hmm. And this fear both pushes us and it also pulls us. And between that is where performance and life is. So that put me on to looking at saying, you know, if we could transform our relationship with fear, you know, the way we look at it, the way we translate it, the way we process it, and the whole context of fear as we understand it, I think we could, you know, phenomenally work on ourselves, our, you know, surroundings and create the results that we really want in our life. I could not agree more. And, and I know for me, sometimes there's a fine line between fear and excitement. And sometimes yes. I'm not sure yet if I'm really afraid of something or if I'm just excited and I want it so badly that I'm letting negative thoughts get in the way. Yes. Mm -hmm. And and also, I think, uh, you know, uh, most of our challenges, the human, uh, you know, entire spectrum, if you look at, we begin our understanding, we begin our actions, we begin our thinking from language. So at this point, fear is something which is like a language, you know, we've been conditioned to understand fear in a certain way. But if we start asking questions and we start approaching it from different dimensions, we sometimes realize it's, you know, it's like a friend and it's also someone who guides. So it's like a very beautiful way of re-looking at fear as someone, you know, who's there to help us process our life to the next level. So imagine if we don't have the fear, then we also become, you know, someone who's very, very vulnerable. So this book, you know, aims to redefine the very way we look at fear and also look at the different dimensions through which we can approach it very powerfully, you know, to create the results we want in our life. Wow. I love the word redefine because you're yeah. right. We do understand things through language. And I'm thinking about some of the things that I have had fear about in the past. Yes. And it's weird because sometimes it's not really fear. Like when yeah. I had my first baby and I yeah. didn't know what it was going to be like to go into yeah. labor <laughs> and to give birth, there's a level of fear there. And exactly. Yeah, but it's not, it's not telling me, no, you shouldn't do it. 
exactly. Yeah, it is a friend. It's it's guidance. It's letting me know this is a sacred thing that's about to happen. This is a big yes. transition and it's smart to have a little yes. bit of fear so you can honor it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. So how in redefining fear, some of the listeners who are just listening to this show, do you have any like tips or tools that can kind of help them redefine yeah. fear today? Yes, very much. So I think one of the first things that I would, you know, look at saying is to personalize the very concept of fear for our own selves. So for each of us, we are experiencing fear in a different dimension. For some of us, it's a picture. For some of us, it's just a stuck feeling. For some of us, it's that, you know, butterfly effect in the body. It's a physiological thing. And for some of us, it's a concept. And it will help us to begin with first knowing what is my own concept of fear? How am I processing it? Where is it existing? Is it in a part of my body? Is it in a way of thinking? Is it in a way of doing? And then relocate at saying that, okay, I mean, if this is fear, then what is something else which is possible? Huh. That is the first. And the second is to look at, is it really real? Or does it have something to tell me? I'm writing this down so quickly because I'm like, I don't want to lose this. <laughs> wow. Okay. What and is my concept of fear? I mean, we could spend an hour, I think, talking even about yes. that. Where is it in your body? That is so powerful because sometimes I know for me, as well as for the people that I've worked with, fear is this weird thing that is out there somewhere. Yeah. And as you were saying that, I was thinking it does live somewhere and to define it gives it boundaries and yes. it makes it more manageable just by doing that. Exactly. It makes it manageable and makes it more realistic for you to take an action around it. You cannot take an action about something that you don't understand and you can't see and you can't feel. But yeah. the moment now you can pinpoint saying, okay, this is what I'm thinking and this is what is happening or this is where I'm feeling it and this is what I'm seeing or I'm hearing or I'm experiencing, you know exactly where to take action. At least now you have the scope to respond to it rather than being, you know, in the freeze mode. Like in, in uh, the, you know, science front, we would say that fear is basically a process from the unconscious, which is your, uh, you know, as we say, the fear of, uh, it's the flight or the fight mode, you know, which triggers the fear, which is our ancestral brain. And that is an automatic process. But if we are really dealing with it, then we need to bring in our thinking process, our cognitive process into it. And that can only happen when you activate the thinking zone. For something which you have no idea about, you can't put your brain to think. But when you start asking a question, where is it? What is it about? You know, is it, is it an image? Is it a sound? When you start asking, you cannot ask these questions to the ancestral brain, which is not processing. It no. will activate your front brain. You know, it is going to activate the cognitive thinking brain. So you are actually playing the same game that the brain, the brain is playing on you. You're playing it back on them to get the results that you want. You know, get the control back. Ah, absolutely right on. That's amazing. And how easy to ask ourselves questions. That's no matter how stressed or how fearful or how crazy we are, 
Yeah. We can always formulate those questions. Where yes. is it? Is there something else that's possible? And, you know, you started to say, what is this about or what is it teaching me? That's yeah. the really deep one, too. Yeah. And I think one thing that can also help is sometimes, you know, the fear for some of us is like it's really larger than life for us. And at that point, maybe, you know, it's very difficult for us to move it. But if we can look at environments or support, it could be movies, it could be music, it could be books, it could be people who've dealt through that and put ourselves into that immersive environment. That can also help as an anchor, you know, which you can hold on to and, you know, latch yourself out. So, I mean, it's, it's about, first of all, the desire to work through fear rather than, you know, either being stuck at it or to be, you know, at the mercy of it. You know, treating it like when you want to make friends with something, you want to know more about it and then you want to work with it. Wow. So, and that got me thinking and it made me curious. Are there people you've worked with or have you ever had this situation where somebody is truly not interested in working through it, where they're just kind of using it as an excuse to stop. Oh, yeah, yeah. True, very true. So, you know, as I said, the beautiful part about when I started doing the book, you know, it just came as a very intuitive thing while working with women. And then I, you know, worked through a lot of science and I found that, you know, yeah, I mean, that's something which really holds us back. But as I started writing the book, you know, I went through all of, you know, the magnitude of it kept increasing where I had to deal with it. And I had to, you know, bring out these different strategies, learn it from different people, you know, drill down deeper and understand the concept for my own self, you know, and to practically do it. For example, uh, if you go onto my Facebook page, you know, it'll, it'll have my picture with a lion or, for example, uh, I'm an asthmatic, but then I've scaled the, you know, and reached uh, one of the you know highest mountains or one of the highest villages in the world uh, or I had scared, you know, fear of uh, going on really you know heights and today we do like one of the world's you know highest treacherous roads in the world so all of that we've really jumped in and said oh no I want to do this like you know even seeing a dog on a street on some corner I would run away and that was an excuse to not stand up for my own self but the day that I said okay if this is keeping me away then I've actually found my way where I've you know literally walked up to the tiger and said you know listen I want to hold you right so that you know I can overcome my own fear and I can find this new person in me now it's whether it's a you know dog or anything you know you just know that okay you've dealt with the tiger so it's, it's not a big deal so it's a conscious effort to move there and when you say you're very right most of us are not even conscious about it. And there's nothing wrong about it. That's the way we are designed to be in our comfort zone. And how we stay in our comfort zone is by being reasonable. And one of the easiest reasons to give is to, you know, quote something which is not something you can point your finger on, which is the easiest is to, you know, quote something called fear. Because nobody can find it for you, right? Even you don't know where it is. So yes, we're very reasonable about it. And a lot of times when we work with clients, you know, they're not even aware that it is, no matter what you're seeing on the surface, if you root it really deep down, most of our challenges, most of our behavior patterns, you will see the ones that work, don't work for us actually stem from fear. So obviously, you know, we don't want to let it go and let this whole fear thing be worked around because we don't want to deal with things. We want to be in our comfort zone, no matter how painful it is. You know, I'm I'm sure you've heard of this, right? Like sometimes we've got so used to pain that we now don't want to let go of that. 
so we are most times in that you know excuse zone and what really helps is to have a bigger reason to work on it rather than you know the whole concept of uh, trying to resist fear if there is a bigger purpose for example you know something that you want to do for a loved one or a higher desire you have for you know your own self or your dreams or any of that that can help us to pull the person out from this reasonableness but yes it's very very prevalent yeah you're right on when you talk about having that bigger purpose helps because we do become very complacent in who we are and what happens in our life but oh my goodness if it's your child or a parent or a loved one or a spouse yes, yes there's great need to change and then sometimes all of a sudden it snowballs and you have to do all of this work and i was just thinking it might be easier along the way to continue chipping away at recognizing our fears and recognizing yes. where we're holding ourselves back so yes. when something happens and we really really want to change or need to change at least we're familiar with the process yes very much and in fact if i have to give you i mean you know the whole book covers all these different dimensions from where you know you can pick up these different uh, you know like how you go out and you can wear different glasses you know different models it's like that you will have a number of different perspectives from where you can look at fear and redefine it for you you know choose alternatives it's like you know going to your wardrobe and picking up saying which way do i want to look at my fear today so you will have all of that and apart from that there are a lot of uh, uh, strategies tools from asian system you know like india is like the asian cradle of you know so much of wisdom so we've done a lot of work around picking out those things which are very simple effective and then there is so much of latest science today to work around the cognitive processes neurosciences and all so all of this is you know packed together such that you know women don't have a reason anymore to you know stay where they are you know they can just move forward absolutely right? and if i have to give you a very very simple technique to do it's a very simple breathing exercise just one simple breathing exercise if you can practice for 6 seconds that itself will let you go off the fear just that which is simple i mean even no matter what level of fear you are experiencing breathing is something which is always in your control yes and yes. you're right nobody if we're breathing nobody knows that we're doing something nobody knows that we're managing exactly. our fears so that's brilliant yes. mm-hmm. yeah so that kind of leads into your work doing nlp and you know being a healing practitioner and using the yoga can you talk a little bit more about some of the modalities that you use and how they can help listeners overcome some of their fears uh okay so not just from the perspective of fear so you know fear is just one thing because you know as i was working with women i'm seeing that you know that's like a key player you know underplaying and you know managing that whole work around what we do as women so that is one concept otherwise if we look at the entire space of human potential and human development um you know we say we have really evolved but if we look at where really evolution has happened it's in a very small part of the brain very very small part of the brain and one of the things that we are you know really stepping up and today we are dependent on technology to take us forward whereas we ourselves are a powerhouse 
so one blessing i had was you know i got into all of this space at a very young age and i was uh, time and again introduced to very different modalities so you know the same human being or the human aspects i could look at it from different perspectives so i learned uh, i was a reiki master you know i got initiated into uh, kriya yoga a lot of these things at a very young age so the whole perspective was you know i could understand all of that but we have to come and explain to people i need the help of science you know i need the help of day to day you know demonstrations to help people i need uh, supporting you know psychology and all of that so if i have to put something on as a message you know one thing is as human beings what we have been doing is we have compartmentalized ourselves Hmm. So if you look at any field of uh, you know uh, personal development or any of that it either addresses mind it either addresses body or it addresses the intellect or it addresses you know a certain way of doing something whereas if you take any moment including your breathing it's a integrated process i mean it's yeah. if you actually start asking the real questions you'll realize you can't compartmentalize this these are all different ways to approach and reach the same place i mean they're all integrated in a very beautiful way you can't separate energy from what you're thinking everything you're thinking has energy you can't separate your breathing from your thinking you can't separate your you know physical posture from your thinking so it's all integrated so it's i think high time we took a you know overall view into saying what is my personal effective model and i think that is a blessing that uh, you know i have been blessed with to look at something from a very holistic perspective of having a science background you know being an engineer analytics and you know bringing that energy perspective and that gives the whole concept of human beings you know so much it's like you know one of the biggest marvels in the universe i mean you can endlessly study it and every time you try to study it it's even more amazing so one thing i think we need to start looking at is you know uh, look at the same problem or challenge or whatever we are working on and try to address it from different angles because you know anything can have an answer for us anything can have the next big uh, leap for us uh, i've seen a lot of people who say you know explain this to me in logic but i mean if i have to explain something in logic then you know what's the logic for gravity right it it right. just works but it is science i mean science today explains how gravity may have an effect and how you can calculate but gravity in itself what is the logic why is it there i mean who put it there but if you explain it from energy and if you explain it from uh, you know other angles it is very much possible so mm-hmm. i think it's time we look at saying what's my goal where am i going and what all can i integrate what all can i bring into i mean whichever tool helps me rather than confining myself to saying i will only take the you know book route intellect route or energy route or you know kind of separating it out being open to the whole uh, you know process of being humans because i think we are the only people who can talk about all of this you know the other animals don't even get the opportunity to discuss who we are and you know how all we can approach it so mhm i am so passionate about the integrated approach and it just makes my heart sing to hear you talk about that and to know that you're sharing that same idea with the world because my background is a lawyer yeah. very much you know in your head but i realized when i was practicing law and i was too much in my head i was disconnected to my heart and my body and yeah. it impacted the way that i 
felt and the way that I interacted with people. And we are fully integrated beings. And I know, yeah, when I start my day, even if it's not a formal meditation, even if I'm just laying there in my bed and I allow myself to think of something positive and feel gratitude, it shifts my thinking for the entire day. It shifts yeah, my interactions. And it sounds funny, but I, I look better on those days because I'm <laughs> you know, this worried and stress. I'm open and it is an integrated thing. And no, we can't necessarily explain all of it, but I think every human being alive can feel the difference. Integration. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so so beautiful that you're using so much of this and you know like uh, i think like as you said we are we're such a beautiful species we're actually participating we're like co-creating with the universe but you know as long as we're trying to look through those small small narrow windows where you know we're trying to fit life into something it kind of loses its magic and the moment that you allow life to flow through you know whichever dimension it's flowing in it's very beautiful to uh, you know watch an experience you know specifically the aspect that you said gratitude is an antidote for fear yes so much so much and i know when I, that's my that's the emotion that i try to move into often because it just opens me up. And then even if I am about to do something that is scary or it makes me nervous, I just focus on the gratitude of having the opportunity. And it doesn't matter what happens. I still have that opportunity and things tend to go better for me what I'm yeah. just excited about them. Yeah, and, and there's so much science to it. So if you look at, like we were discussing before, the fear stems from the, you know, the primitive brain, which is it just knows to fight and flight. But the moment you can bring gratitude, that is not part of the brain which will stay active. You know, gratitude has to come from uh, putting something at focus, thinking about it, visualizing it, and experiencing it, which has to activate your other parts of thinking, which will move you into constructive action. So that's like, you know, your your brain is hijacked and then you know how to bring it out naturally, you know. So gratitude is like a very simple switch. You just put it on and ta-da, you know, you're on a performance mode. So it's, it's so beautiful. Yeah, that makes sense. And I do like having that rational description that yeah. the reason why, because then it does make sense. It's not just that this is some magical thing that happens. No, yeah. it is getting us out of that primitive brain. It's using you know, both hemispheres it's using. So that makes, that makes sense. Yeah. And that's helped because like, you know, when you, uh, I, I had this challenge, you know, long back when I was talking about energy and, you know, these things about as a concept, as a philosophy, it's very hard for, you know, young people to pick it up. They're like, why, you know, they want to know reasons. So then, you know, taking the help of, you know, science and all these aspects, which help them really connect with saying, okay, yes, there is something at work because that's how things work for them, right? Gadgets, have a logic so I think it really helps to take the inputs from one dimension and then help take the help of another dimension to explain it such that people can start using it you know they're not keeping themselves away from gratitude because they can't understand it's too vague right so I think that's what we need to do right all of us who are enjoying it need to pass it forward to people who need it yes 
Yes. Now, I know you do a lot of training, um, education, corporate learning, yes. things like that. Do you find that younger people are more easily able to implement these concepts or are older people just as, you know, open to this? What what is your experience with teaching? Um, I think ultimately the moment we are able to spark the learner in the room, which is no matter what age group, I've also been doing a lot of work with very young ones, you know, three-year-olds and up to the, you know, 60 plus. So my whole breadth, you know, span of work is, is very, very wide. But then what I experience is no matter which room we walk into, we're able to turn around and make results because we are not trying to give them something the first thing we do is ask them to ask for what they want, which is you make the learner ready. Once you do that, then, you know, no matter who you're serving, they want it and so they take it. But if I have to give you a you know general take, I think it's only the flow which is different. The younger ones are, you know, they kind of land a little close in the beginning, but when they open up, they're like, you know, rocket. They just, just go boom. Uh, and the elder ones have learned to kind of display that they're interested, but they're really not in the room. It takes some time to, for them to, you know, really trust and then, you know, introspect and open themselves. You know, they've had so many experiences. They've kind of really shut themselves close. So it takes a little while. They'll project that they're learning, but it's only some time that, you know, you realize that really they're open and now they're beginning to learn. And it takes a lot of effort for them, even though they want to learn, for them to implement something because there are so many unconscious, you know, patterns and barriers that they have built for themselves. So though they want it, they know they need to do it. And still there is something else holding them back. So to put down that defense system, you know, help them to really take the action, make the change, it is a lot of effort. It's like, you know, the more you've been uh, building more bricks, right? The higher the tower. Yeah. With the younger ones, I think the tower is very small. You know, it just takes a few minutes and then they're like, boom, you know. So I think, yes, they, they're like massive and they have huge potential. Yes. And you would mention that you came to a lot of the work that you do very young. So yeah. how wonderful that you have had all these years to build good habits and to learn yeah. good skills. And I commend you for working with the younger generations because I really feel like we can heal our world. Oh, through, truly. Yeah, these children. Truly. In fact, we have done one curriculum, which is now in, I think, almost eight, 10 countries. And the curriculum totally revolves around giving the whole learning onus on children. You know, it's not like a teacher is going to teach a child, but a child is going to learn from what is happening in the room. And that is purely built on this whole concept of saying that each of us is trying to, uh, you know, learn and take something which is important for me rather than, you know, take what's important for me, like, I mean, if I'm teaching, I'm teaching what I think is important for you. Right. But a child wants to take what he's, you know, seeing as important for him. So we've designed this. And I think the way children are turning around and, you know, the kind of uh, uh, joy and the kind of perspectives that they're bringing, we're, you know, hearing from adults in the room, teachers saying that, you know, even I didn't look at it from this perspective. So I mean, it's beautiful when you start working with human beings. I think every day is like, Wow. I mean, 
what level of possibilities and what level of magic is possible and children are truly healing the world uh, especially the one lot now is just amazing i mean they say the things which you've never thought can be said they you know bring out ideas which you've just never even imagined you know those are like things we can even put together so i think we're in for great times mm-hmm. if we leave them uh, you know in a in a space where they can be themselves rather than you know fiddling around and trying to fit them into any system right i appreciate so much how you said we learn what is of interest to us because i was thinking about there have been so many times i have picked up a book or started to listen to a podcast and although the subject matter is interesting it's not relevant to me at that moment so i put it down or i quit listening yes. and then yes. it might be 6 months later i think oh i have this book <laughs> well suddenly it's relevant to me and i eat it up but yes. until i was ready to receive it i wouldn't have learned it Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I really am thankful for with podcasts and shows like this that we're doing. We can get this teaching and this knowledge out there and listeners who are ready can find the information. Listeners who are ready to transcend their own fear can move into it and even if somebody might not be ready now, it might just be that bug in their ear that oh yeah there was that show i have to go back to that or yeah. there's this book coming up for oh this might be relevant for somebody else yes mm-hmm. and it's so amazing actually i think the uh, the work that you're doing you know when you are on a podcast you are connecting people who are you know completely disconnected i mean you're like a bridge in between and if you look at you get the maximum you know you're listening to so many people and unconsciously you know you molding your own self which is such a beautiful opportunity yes. and i think i'm learning so much from you for the kind of you know energy that you bring out to a listener i'm sure you know the way that you do it and the purpose and intention that you're bringing can shift the game for whoever is listening and uh, if i have to give one thing that you know each of us needs to really start focusing on i know there are so many books out there so many techniques and you know so much to process but even if we can take that one thing and process and you know kind of spend every day that 5 minutes on that one thing in our life it will drastically support every other area of our life then it is the breathing of a human being and there is so much science into what we can do in just one minute two minute you know then you can't even say i don't have the time you know it's just two minutes but if we can do those things i think you know everything else falls in place despite you know we talking about energy even if we don't want to go into all of that if we can get this one thing right which is our breathing and you know love it for what it is doing to us i mean if it's not there if we hold our nose for a few seconds and if you can't feel it right it's there's nothing else which matters so giving attention love gratitude and and then maybe following a few right practices in breathing can really put everybody on you know the right tracks for themselves and from there obviously you know we'll have the bandwidth to pick up all other things whether we want to you know learn through books intellect you want to learn techniques you want to learn from experts all of that can come in Mm-hmm. but i think one as humanity we all of us need to you know really put our breathing to priority 
Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit more about breathing because everybody listening to this show right now is breathing. And just when you say the word breathing, it causes a little bit of sh- a shift and we start noticing our breath. Exactly. More. <laughs> exactly. You know, so something which is making you awake every day, something which is managing so much of your process without your awareness, it doesn't wait for you to, you know, tell what to do next. It just does its work without nobody paying attention to it through the whole day mm-hmm. so I mean just the, like you said or oh, just to two minutes bringing the focus back into saying hey listen there's something happening inside me I mean there is what's going in what's going out that itself is you know beautiful in fact that's what is the, you know the whole concept of when you start paying attention to something it starts working better yes yes Now, I'm curious about some of the listeners out there who might be thinking, oh, I know there's a ton to learn about breathing, but I don't do yoga. I don't practice pranayama. Not required. Not required. Completely not required. It's it's just a simple thing. For example, if you have a very fast breathing and you try feeling very happy, it's not going to be there. You're going to feel anxious. If you're going to have a very smooth breathing and you try to get angry, that's also not going to work. So all we need to do is know what is the breathing and, you know, what do I experience with that? And just try to bring it back. You know, if if I'm uh, upset, I'm feeling anxious, I just relax myself down by not wondering of what should I do, just work on the breathing. Just say, can I mellow it down? Can I, you know, just make it soft? Can I make it smooth? Like, can I just flow with it like can I just dance with it naturally I mean that's very easy for us to do yeah naturally your mood and your space will fall into it but if you're for example feeling very low energy then it's time to do a little fast breathing your energy will pick up yeah so these are very basic common sense stuff that we can start experiment we don't need anybody from outside to tell us I think we're very smart as human beings but all we need is the desire to work with it you know to get present to what is my relationship with my breathing do I even know what breathing takes me to what kind of a mood to what kind of energy I mean can I start looking at what works for me I mean like how much time we spend on our wardrobes looking at saying oh look at this this suits me But how much time do we spend on our breathing looking at saying what kind of breathing gives me what kind of an effect? Mm -hmm. So it's it's like, you know, putting attention to that and saying, okay, it's time to do, you know, breathe design, like looking at saying, okay, which is my outfit for today? Which is my breath for today? At this moment, I want to feel hot. I want to feel energetic, you know, so I need to do that kind of breathing. If I need to feel calm, I need to do that kind of breathing. And the beauty with breathing is it's like a switch process. You just do it for once or twice and it will follow the pattern. You don't have to do it for an hour or two for you to, you know, get into that zone. Mm -hmm. It's just even if you switch the pattern once, twice, it will start flowing on the pattern that you picked up. That, so that's something very simple. Yes, that's so easy. It's it's yeah. done for us. It's less effort than going to the gym. It's less effort than hiring some trainer to help you. It's just something you can yeah, do. At least we can begin at that. And as as we develop the you know relationship with it, then you want to master it, and then you can go on and pick up what works for you. For some people, yoga works. For some people, there are specific breathing things work, and there are so many other simple you know aspects which you can uh, work on. So I think from there you can pick up the journey. But at least can we give that two minutes in our day, just giving our attention 
attention awareness on what is my breathing about and am i really inhaling in fact you'll be surprised i i don't know if you know about it but if you put your finger under your nostrils we have two nostrils if you put yeah. your finger there you'll realize we actually are not using the two it's true. just one going in i mean so what are we doing with our bodies that's true that is so true i i know i've done that with the alternate nostril breathing yeah. yoga one side i'm always not breathing out of <laughs> but but the moment i bring this to awareness now suddenly your brain starts saying oh really i'm not using the other side okay do something about it right yes yeah that's all it's that's all that we need we just need the attention the awareness and the love for it to you know work with it and build up personal relationship with it that's all Wow. It this reminds me earlier this week I was reading and I can't even remember what I was reading if it was a blog or an article but I was reading about the brain because I love the brain and I love humans. And I read that we are only actively consciously focused and thinking for about 30 minutes a day. the rest oh, of the yes. time yeah we're on autopilot or we're just having a little flicks of thought and that was stunning to me but when you were talking about 2 minutes can change our day well if we're really only thinking to 30 minutes a day 2 minutes is a pretty significant portion of that so exactly if, yeah it might sound like it's a teeny tiny amount of time but really that is enough to change our whole day yeah and the simple thing to understand is we all have our phones right and when we have so many applications on it you know so many windows open and it hangs one is you can keep complaining about it being you know a drag and you know maybe it's not working fine and all but the moment you reset it it will start working at the same level of its best performance and that's what you do with breathing the the 2 minute attention is like a reset button i mean we don't know when was the last time we even reset ourselves right So it's so beautiful on that, and in fact, if for people who really want to go into the depth of it, there's a very beautiful um, book by someone who has worked around the spirituality of it, the science of it, and uh, he's someone that even including Steve Jobs has followed, and he's also my guru, which is Paramahansa Yogananda. and it's yeah. a very beautiful book called autobiography of a yogi anybody who picks picks up you know finds it so interesting and that can just you know give you a different dimension to saying this so much about breath yes i too have read that book and yeah. it's phenomenal and it does just provoke a different level of thought and a different perspective and it truly has altered my life yes Mhm. Mhm. Well, you are doing so much good in the world with younger people, with, you know, older people, with the integration of the body, the mind, the spirit. What is next for you? What where do you want to go from here? Uh so I have been doing a lot of work on, you know, applying all of this and uh, you know, helping transform the way we learn, especially, you know, whether it is uh, gamifying a process and you know, putting in all these elements. Uh so I have done all of that, but I think one thing which is really needed and also helping is you know, there's one key ingredient in this entire ecosystem which is women. the minute we can you know shift the game for women by default families have a shift you know by default their communities have a shift and uh, you know nothing like empowering them because we are like each of us is powerhouse i mean i don't know how much i can do alone 
but you know if more women can pick it up we're natural givers you know i mean we're natural processors i mean i'm sure even if you've taken one thing right you're going to spread it to so many more people yeah so i think you know i've i've been last uh, few years i've been working a lot around you know women leadership women entrepreneurship and there's a lot of focus work i'm doing around specifically saying you know how do we uh, turn around the entrepreneurship game for women because you know entrepreneurship is a uh, it's a divine game it's it's not an intellect game at all it's like a combination of so many things it's such a space of uh, uncertainty where you have to bring your best skills and if you know we can power women to play that game i think we shift the whole way the world works yeah, yeah. I, i mean women taking on uh, you know so much money which is left on the table i mean if we have we naturally give i mean i've not seen anybody who just consumes you know every woman is somewhere contributing the money that comes to you so i think we should play that game and you know go and you know say you know we are not you know somewhere behind we are just marching up ahead so i think i'm working more towards that and seeing that you know more of us can take more of these things and make life more meaningful productive profitable after all you know there's so much abundance uh, i travel a lot and especially the himalayas and you know nature is so abundant and i think we're designed to experience that abundance rather than you know getting stuck with our emotional hormones and all of that that gives us a feeling of you know as if we're just running like a machine so i think i really want to work in that space and that's where i'm moving now um so that's next for me and from there i think there'll be more which will come so Mhm. I am so passionate about women as well and I couldn't agree more with what you were saying how how women share and that natural collaboration between women. And I think in the past some of that has gotten lost because in so many parts of the world women were viewed as a second class citizen so that women kind of started fighting amongst themselves as well mm-hmm. to regain status and i feel across the globe right now a softening of that and an embracing a reembracing of the sisterhood and the yes. collective and it's very powerful and what i want to express to our listeners who might be listening and thinking, you know, that we're talking about radical feminism or something. It's very peaceful, it's very loving. It's it's not about putting other people down. It's about exactly. like said, yeah, making everybody better. We we are better to our children, to our spouses, to our friends, to our families and that giving, yes, we do raise everybody up. yeah and and the beauty is i think uh, you know in all of this that women are able to move when you know it's the men who are really supporting it generously and i think it's time that we understand there is actually it's just different wiring and it's just different uh, you know sides of the same game and it's about being together and balancing it and working you know it's it's time to collaborate as the two genders and say what is the best that each of us have and what do we bring to the table for that we have to be there at the table <laughs> Yes, yes, we absolutely do. And you're right, it's that mutual respect of well, these yes. are my strengths and these are somebody else's strengths. And that's yes. very powerful. Yeah, very powerful. Now, I know you're also involved in a group called All Ladies League. <laughs> yes. Yes, would you like to say a little bit more about that because I'm I'm guessing there's listeners out there who are thinking 
I agree with both of you, but where do I find this collective sisterhood? Oh, it's such a beautiful space. Uh, and I think uh, the, the founder also, Harbin, uh, it's such a visionary thing, you know, just to imagine. I mean, there's no way that, you know, I would be connecting with some other person in some other continent. But, you know, it's such a beautiful bond in all we have sisterhood as the main, you know, center point. Like, as we say, gravity, you know, there has to be something which towards which we all gravitate and looking at soul sisterhood not just sisterhood soul sisterhood and as you know across the you know globe all of us gravitating towards each other through that bond and as she calls it the shakti bandhan it's such a beautiful concept in fact i have one of my chapters in uh, india in chennai and uh, everybody's amazed we have 150 women and they're like you know i've never seen a group like this i've never been i mean everybody's on whatsapp we have been so many groups, but they say this is one group which is like my, you know, source of strength every day, source of energy every day. If I need to become focused, if I need to become confident, I come back to this group. And like that, you know, we have an all community in every part of the world, which itself on a moral level, on a thinking level, on a productivity level, I think we're a strong force coming together, not for any material stuff, but, you know, really wanting to know each other, connect. And I think it looks just like, you know, magical, like a fantasy, but it's live. It's really there. And for all the women, we don't have any riders on who should be part of it. We are very so inclusive. You know, we're really looking at having all our women together. Mm-hmm. So I think all is such a beautiful platform. Everybody's welcome. And uh, there's so much, uh, you know, vision, mission working around that. And nobody is demanded of anything except, you know, bringing your best self and helping the community grow. So, I mean, you and I are also part of it, right? So it's it's such a, a beautiful thing. I mean, we are connected and all we need to do is, you know, wake up that connection and start collaborating, start working around it. So... Mm-hmm. Just, uh, I think it's a blessing, and at the right time when there's so much of change and shift in awareness, consciousness, as you said, there's so much of softening around the world for, uh, you know, women to step up. I think this is a beautiful uh, ecosystem, support structure, strength for all of us. Yes, and I'd like to add when I first became involved and I heard the t- term full sister. And I wasn't quite sure what to expect because (laughs) in the U.S. I have been a part of networking groups and I have been a part of support groups, but this is so different. This (laughs) is so rich and so deep. And the women that I have connected with around the world are so willing to share both their pain points and their struggles but as also their gifts and their strengths. And they're so willing to talk about themselves and their cultures and the learning and the connection that is going on between us. I think it's unlike anything I've experienced before. Truly. Yes. Truly. And it is sharing, but it's not like anybody's hitting up other people and being like, buy my product or it's it's not, it's a network, but it's not networking. It truly is a heart soul connection, woman to woman. And it's it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Just, you know, for example, I'm just going to share this with the listeners. Um, We had this interview scheduled for a week ago and my son was ill. 
So I emailed and said, would you mind, can we postpone this? There was this gratitude for me that Vidya was able to reschedule graciously. It wasn't like in a normal business atmosphere where you think, I have to power through and I have to meet this deadline and I have to sacrifice myself or my family. Yes. And then not only was Vidya gracious about saying, no problem, we can reschedule. Then she offered to send some distance Reiki healing to my son. And again, it's, it's like that. It's the support. Yes. She helped me take care of my family. It's that level of connection and understanding. And it's truly beautiful. Yeah, I I think that's what the world needs today. Because, uh, I mean, you know, it's a very high end, but then then it is today proven at the quantum level. You know, it's just everything is connected. We we have so much of compartmentalization that we're just not even able to connect with the people in our own homes. Yeah. And if the moment you can experience this connection with somebody in some continent, right, then automatically there is so much more possibility for us to connect with everything at a deeper level. So I think ultimately uh, the power of, you know, collectively coming together is much stronger than what I can individually do. So I think this movement really supports that and, you know, brings the best of each of us. Like when I, you know, heard about it more than looking at saying, what is a podcast about or what are we trying to do in the interview? I was more concerned about, you know, I've been a mother as well. I was more concerned about your son, right? So I think that's what we are naturally as women. We Mm -hmm. do accomplish tasks, but at the same time, you know, we know what are our priorities and we want to have it in the flow rather than, you know, trying to cut it through and, you know, being, bring that aggression into the game. So I think it's so beautiful and I'm glad I think we could connect and uh, we don't know how many listeners we're going to connect with. And uh, it's just that we're strangers, you know, waiting to meet. Yes. Yes. And that flow, the word that you said flow is so important because life does flow. And there are days where we accomplish a lot of things. And there are days where we are peaceful and resting. And there are days where we're connecting. And it was so powerful when you said a a few moments ago that sometimes we even have troubles connecting with those in our own house. And it hit me how many people out there are so lonely and they're starved for connection and they just don't know how to quite get there. Yes, that's so true. I think uh, one of the recent studies says that the biggest disease in the planet right now is loneliness. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's it's so important for us to reach out to people and, you know, make it saying that, you know, you can reach out, you know, you have people, you don't have to worry about, you know, you having to shoulder everything. There is enough support. All you need to do is, you know, just walk away from your own cage and just reach out. I'm sure when you're able to connect with people, they will respond and, you know, people will embrace it. So, yes, yes, we need to outgrow that loneliness. Yes. And I'm thinking how much of that loneliness is just caused by fear, you know, the oh, fear of yeah. So your, the education that you're doing, I think that's going to combat a lot of the loneliness because it lets people realize what I want and what I need. This connection is greater than my fear. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. 
So I congratulate you so much for doing this work and for spreading love and flow and, you know, grace throughout the planet. And it's my intention that this show goes far and wide, that all the lonely people out there can hear it and then that they can maybe have that spark of, you know what, let's move into my fear, let's move into my breath, and let's transcend and grow. Yes, and it's very easy. It's something that all of us can do because all of us have fear and all of us have breath. Yes, yes, we do. <laughs> now, so thank you for the prayers. And I, I also pray that, you know, your prayers reach everyone, you know, as much that we can reach together. Absolutely. Thank you. For any listeners who might want to get in touch with you or learn more, do you have a website or do you have a publication date for your book? Because I want to make sure you connect with those people out there who need to connect with you. Yes. So uh, there is a website with in. There is also, I think one of the best ways to connect today is, uh, you know, social media, which is FB. And uh, so you can find on Vidya Raghu, which is V-I-D-Y-A. R-A-G-U. Um, that's possible. And apart from that, for the book, um, you know, there is a lot of work that we're also doing around meeting women and seeing the ones who are, everybody's transcended, but then we're trying to call out the distinctions which can, you know, help people relate to and, you know, say that they have done it so I can do it myself. Right. Yeah. So we're in that process right now. So I am anticipating it should be, you know, done this year. Perfect. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And I will put your contact information in the show notes as well. And listeners, you can always get in touch with me and I can connect you with Vidya as well. Yeah, that'll be great as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so listeners, laurachetel.com, laura at laurachetel.com. I can connect you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for being on my show today. Thank you so much for creating such a beautiful platform for us to take our message, you know, to people we don't even know and, you know, we don't know who we connect to and you are our uh, connecting bond. <laughs> Thank you for the work you do. You are welcome. Listeners, have a fantastic, magical week. And as usual, don't forget to flaunt. Tune in next time to Flaunt. Build your dreams, live your sparkle with radio host Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Come release self-judgment, reveal your naked self-worth, and re-choreograph a life filled with joy. Flaunt. Find your fetish, laugh out loud, accept unconditionally, navigate the negative, and trust in your truth. Find out more at laurachedle.com. That's L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E.com. 